1: Damn. Damn these Biloxi blues It happens every night And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer nope. That could ever be a friend of mine I have not the Summer heat never treats me kind It leaves trouble on my mind So I'm bidding for a world, Putting in my nose, And I'll see you at another Sick. time This highway does not know my name and I don't care No, oh, I don't, don't care, care. in my way for another place And I got three good tires and a spare
2: Right to the hook right here
1: Just a white line to getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas to get there budget live not
2: so live from the low budget live bar and grill here in beautiful southern middle, middle tennessee uh might as well be the sahara desert right now we had a drop up rain i think i said that last podcast as well and nothing has changed i was gone for a week come back home and uh everything everything's dying around here whoo whoo and uh if you're just tuning in you're like i thought this was a monday podcast damn it now, this is a Tuesday, July 5th podcast for all you lowlifers this week for obvious reasons. Took a day off. Uh, my birthday was on Sunday, and so I, I I just didn't do a damn thing. I got home at uh, 3 a.m. Uh, Saturday morning. The boys and I had been up to Wisconsin. We did the Tour de, 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 de Wisco. Uh, made a swing up through there. Smallmouth fishing, hanging out, camping. Beautiful trip beautiful trip had a few technical difficulties but otherwise a great trip and ended up down in uh, Appleton Wisconsin in studio there Wednesday Thursday Friday for MPFL and then we the second we uh we were finished there on Friday afternoon when the tournament uh, coverage ended we jumped in the truck and drove and took us this time 13 hours because of crazy traffic outside Chicago and Louisville and Anyway, so rolled in at three in the morning, and that is uh, that sucks when you're 39. But my boys were bound to turn they were ready to get home, get to celebrating the fourth, and and hanging out here. And we'd been gone a week, so I put her in the wind, man. Red bulled it and uh, made it back about three a.m. here in the middle of Tennessee. So I am I am still worn out. So that is why you have uh, it's long winded, but that's why you have a uh, Tuesday podcast, of course. Of course, the Fourth of July. Out of out of respect for that, certainly wasn't going to post one yesterday. So here we go. You bunch of lowlifers. Hope everybody had a great Fourth of July. Had a great long weekend. It's always been one of my favorite holidays. And uh, you know, just remembering what it's about. And and it's very cool though. I, I I'm a child, and y'all know that. If you listen to this every week, you know I'm a I'm a gigantic kid. And uh, that's the coolest thing about having kids to me is and now I have excuses to, like, you know, do the things that they do now. (laughs) And it's it's a lot of fun. But fireworks, just I'm, I'm a pyromaniac. Like, I love fireworks. So I went and spent way too much money on Sunday on fireworks and haven't shot any yet. Haven't shot any yet. Uh, I didn't want to join the war Out here by my house The last two nights But this weekend We're having some folks over It's the Triple Threats Birthday next Monday So we're combining a, A Luke, Marissa And Happy Birthday America Party this weekend So we finna We finna blow some stuff up Though Got some good friends Of mine The band Town That have been on the podcast They're coming down To play music And we're gonna have A good old Tennessee time This weekend here At the Traveling Circus Headquarters So looking forward To that. otherwise Known as Marissa's house Uh (laughs) looking forward to uh to that for sure uh but it's funny I I had the boys uh with me and y'all comment if you've ever done this and this may be a primarily redneck southern thing I don't know but the boys love to hear stories like we're on a 14 hour drive on the first leg of our trip we drove almost 14 to go uh smallie fishing and they it's funny man we we tell stories you know to your kids and my boys hold on to stories whether either i got in trouble or whatever they love that kind of stuff so i had told them at one point a story about me on one of my birthdays as a child and uh they brought that up on the way on the way up there and it was funny and i i was like
3: uh,
2: it 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 always brings back memories because having that fourth of july time frame birthday fireworks have always been a part of it right it was my mom so I was almost a firework firecracker and so, uh missed it by a day. and so we I used to have friends over right, like birthday parties and all that, all your buddies. and we would have bottle rocket wars. and if you if you're just like, what? Uh, all of my friends did it constantly, but we would make we would take PVC and make bottle rocket guns out of these people man we would duct tape handles on them, do get out the hacksaws, and you had to hope that your mom and dad didn't catch you. Because they would not let you do it And then the the dumbest thing that we did Other than just the actual act Of shooting bottle rockets at each other meh, In the dark <laughs> And Roman candles We would just put on like all the hunting clothes And just layer up So it wouldn't hurt as bad when they hit you Highly flammable Okay, just highly flammable we did this for years. We would get out in cornfields and chase each other. But I had buddies that were like, you'd be running around shooting the bottle rockets at each other. One of them would pull out a Roman candle, and sh- those are flaming little, just, just fireballs. It's like the Mario fireballs. That's what a Roman candle is when pointed at another human. If you're a child listening to this, and I've met some of you young, young, young folks out there that listen to LBL. Uh, don't do this. Don't do this. It's this exactly why I tell my boys a story. But there was a Fourth of July. And I'll tell a long story short, which is rare for me. Uh, but we lived close to a golf course with my parents, and I had all my buddies over. Man, a bunch. I was like my eighth grade year and I had a ton of friends over. And my dad caught me. Building one of these weapons, one of these bottle right, and you it was just a pipe. You just you'd light them and put them in it, but you it would help you aim, man. And then you didn't have that blowback from the from the uh, fuse, the sparks, so you wouldn't get it's in that tube, man. Very smart, redneck ingenuity at its finest, there, uh, <laughs> but. But he was like this. This one party, he could see the the arsenal mount. Like we were all, my buddies had them in their duffel bags. Are coming over, sleep over. Well, as soon as he goes to bed, he had already told me, "No bottle rocket wars." You hear me? Well, we didn't listen, and we went out on the golf course. We lived by at the time, and some of us got in one sand trap. Some, of, and we were shooting July fourth, July third. That time frame bottle rockets and fireworks over this green that they probably spend god knows how much money trying to keep alive and we're just lighting each other up and out of the darkness my dad walks up and he goes you boys having a good time that's my that's my boy's favorite part of the story is me almost getting murdered but then he saw that we were having a good time and he goes listen go in the field across from the house get off of the daggum golf course how stupid are y'all Go, you know, so we pack up all. He's like, and I want every one of the, and there's just sticks from bottle rock everywhere. So we pick up everything best we can. And we go, and uh, he goes in and goes to bed. And a buddy of mine set the field on fire. (laughs) My dad told us to go to. So that's uh, that's my favorite Fourth of July story. There, I've told the told the Duncan boys that a few times over the years. So uh, I hope your I hope your fourth went better than that, and uh, you got to spend it grilling out, swimming, doing whatever, fishing, uh, hanging with family. All right, let's get to the sponsors real quick to make everything possible here. At Low budget live, StarTron Starbright, kicking ethanol in the teeth in your weed eater, in your chainsaw, in your vehicle, in your outboard engine gas prices are at a record 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 freaking all time i, I can't tell you I, I paid over five bucks several times on this trip it made me want to vomit uh but you damn sure don't want to be running that ethanol free stuff because it's just even more expensive so you want to protect your investment you want to get the most bang for your buck because they ain't going as far as they used to so get you some startron this bottle right here treats 256 gallons You can get it anywhere. A little dab will do you. Drop it in the tank, kick ethanol in the teeth, get it out of there because all these fuels contain 10% ethanol other than the ethanol free and it'll gum up the works. Uh, big ethanol likes to tell you that's not the case, but I promise you I have experienced it before in the past when I did not use, I, I, I had on an outboard engine one time that was definitely the cause, bad gas. So, uh, Use StarTron. Support the people that support the industry. And uh, we appreciate the folks from StarTron for kicking ethanol in the teeth and bringing you low-budget, live and not-so-live, obviously. It's way more not-live these days. ProGuide Batteries. The folks from ProGuide supporting the podcast for the second year in in a row. You can go there and get those lithium batteries that they've got, which are super light. They hold up to the test. Uh, they also got those AGMs. I'm, I'm running both right now. 31 AGM for a cranking battery. I get that question a lot from you guys. And then three of the 12-volt lithiums for my trolling motor batteries. You can use code LBL10 to let them know you are a low lifer. Baitworks.com. Bait-works.com. I mean, got it going on right now. Online Tackle Retailer, they've got anything from the smallmouth goodies I took up north to the deep water stuff you're going to need in the south right now and everything in between rods, reels. Uh, just, just ordered a new Denali rod from them to play around with. Check it out. Keep hearing about good things about those. Just ordered some smallmouth baits from them before I went up north. And, yes, I did use code DUNCAN-10. Uh, when I did that for a little bit of a break there at Baitworks.com But get on there Do not hit order I say it all the time in a joking manner But if you don't want it, don't hit order Because it's coming I, 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 I feel like someone from Baitworks personally brings it to your house But working on two big things with them right now Hopefully we can announce very soon Super excited about that. But get on there, get you some tackle. If you got a trip coming up, if it's just a so normal you getting ready for your Tuesday night or baitworks.com. They got it, Duncan 10. And last but not least, hang the banner. Express boats, hot springs, Arkansas. I mean, I, I got to uh, I've I've been lying to you people. I've been lying to you people. I thought that I was actually uh Gonna have my new boat by this trip And and things just the way they worked out My boat is sold Got it. I actually got paid for it this week And uh, I'm delivering that in a couple weeks But took it up there to Wisconsin One last trip in the X-21 So it, it was good The boys were It was kind of a bittersweet deal But man, I cannot Again, up there on that big water It, it just performs flawlessly like it really does I got out in some really nasty stuff up there as it blew 497 miles an hour every day but I'm just I'm always impressed by the way that boat handles I'm impressed by the way the Yamaha performs uh fuel efficiency wise long run wise like that show just man I just uh there's not another combo I think that for me like I trust it you get up north, you get somewhere, making a big run, no cell phone service. I got my kids in the boat. That may sound stupid, but I do trust my equipment in that regard. And and it's uh, you know it's just fun, man. It's it's a it's a great rig. I've, my boys have loved the boat as much as I have. So good good trip to kind of end the X Twenty One Pro Duncan chapter in, and and great new things to come from Express. So looking forward to getting the new one here in a couple of weeks and. Getting this one to its new new owner, uh, who will certainly en- enjoy it as much as I have. I want to say a huge thanks to them for being the official boat of Low Budget Live and the traveling circus, the Express X21 Pro. <laughs> Come on with it! Express boats building excitement since 1966. Uh, if you if you follow along on Instagram at all, there's something I wanted to say on here. Instagram, Facebook. I made a post. I, I drove 14 hours up there. 14 hours, man. And we put the boat in and I had troll motor issues, my Garmin, and uh and, and it just wouldn't work. And it was a weird, just kind of weird deal to be honest. And y'all know I'm a i am I am a a stickler for um honesty on the show. And I made a post I, I ended up going and buying because I couldn't get it to work. I'm up there with the kids for three or four days of fishing. We've driven, we've set, set up camp. And it was, it was frustrating, and there was nothing they could do to help me. Obviously, they weren't boots on the ground, and I'm up there. But I didn't have a spare, didn't have anything. So I literally uh, called around. This was on Sunday when that happened. I called around, and I, at Sportimotive in Appleton, Wisconsin, this is the only reason I bring this up, Sportimotive, Appleton, Wisconsin, Dave at Sportimotive, they had a Minn Kota Ultrex in, in stock, and I haven't ran a, a Minn Kota in a very long time. And I, I truly, I went down there and bought one And I took the Garmin, put it in the back of my truck Got to get it fixed And y'all know I'm Garmin through and through I am for for years now But but I had to get the boys back on the water And I had a lot of people send me messages They saw me post a thank you to Sport Motive, And they're like, oh, you switching to Minko? No, I'm not, my new boat will have a Garmin on it I am, I, I, and I will say this And this is no shade, no shade And a lot of people say, well, the Garmin wasn't working That's the first time I've got to A and B since the Garmin's came out, like A and B on the same boat, the Minkota versus the Garmin. And I can say this, I do like the the force has a lot of advantages, man. It really does. It is quieter. It's stronger. Like it's it was interesting getting to getting to do that. Now, did it let me down this week? Absolutely. But. It, it was crazy. Like even Hudson noticed it. He's like, "Dad, this this is different." But, uh, but shout out to Sporter getting the uh, getting a new trolley on there and getting us back out on the water. All right, our guest today is texting me right now. Hang on. Uh, here we go. All right, so our guest today. Sorry about that, folks so everything happens in real time, so I'm just getting to know this guy, just getting to know this guy, it's his first year with the National Professional Fishing League, and what a year he is having, he just won our event there at Saginaw Bay, an amazing event, very cool event, but not only did he win it He's in second place. He was already having an incredible year. He is now in second place in the Progressive Angler of the Year standings. Kevin Rogers, who we had on last week, was in second coming into this event. Had a had a, had a a lackluster event by Kevin's standards this year. Um, but Gary wins the tournament and now has second place, only 11 points behind Timmy Reigns. I'm going to get into some NPFL stuff after this interview, but we're going to get – the man on the phone right now, your winner of stop number four, Gary Atkins. Hey, Gary. Hang on two seconds. Something. Good morning. How are you, sir? Doing good. Hang on two seconds, Gary. My Something has gone crazy with my software here. Hang on two seconds. All right, it wouldn't be LBL without technical difficulties. I don't know what in the heck just happened, but uh, we're going to give Gary a call back. I didn't have him on the uh, on the line there on the on the recording software here, but hello, ladies and gentlemen, Gary Atkins. I think I've got you now, Gary. Awesome. <laughs> well, welcome to Low Budget Live. And man, I, I uh, yeah, I don't uh, I don't know. It was a quick fix, but I was like, uh, I don't. Here, Gary, in my headphones. Not real sure what's going on this yeah, morning. Well, we got her figured out now. We got we got her figured out, buddy. First of all, I want to say congratulations, man. It was uh, it, it was such a obviously a nail biter that that I don't think anybody really saw
3: it coming down to the wire like that. Did you? Um, actually, no. I didn't think it was going to be that close. Um, obviously, you've seen what happened to me the the last day there, where I had lost a couple of big bites and didn't quite have the weight that I was expecting to hopefully come in with, but it all worked out.
2: So, and you're talking for those, those folks watching at home, you got off to that, that might, may, may not have seen MPFL live, man, we go live at eight AM Eastern and you were just catching them. It was like every cast and fat cat and I, when we would go to commercial break, you know, we've been doing this, this is our 10th event, I think together. Um, yeah. 10th event. So, we see things go down, right? We get to watch all the cameras, and you can certainly tell momentum does play, obviously, a huge factor in professional tournament fishing, and you can tell when a guy's having that day, right? Like, we saw it with Drew Six at Lake Hartwell. We saw it with Socop last year in Florida. We saw it with Keith Carson at wright Patman. You can just tell when somebody's fixing to shut the door, and you were having that morning. It was just
1: boom, 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 boom.
2: And then you had this just big one man just come off at the boat and we saw you and you had two happen right pretty close to each other
3: yes back to back about 20 minutes apart oh my um, gosh one that would have put, probably put an extra half pound in the boat and then when i lost the real big one that was pushing five i had it to the net three times and on that last surge when it tried to get away from the net it just came unbuttoned yeah uh, i was gonna say it didn't I, break I, it just pulled off look like yep yeah, i don't feel, feel i did anything wrong it just one of them things in tournament fishing, I mean, it's going to happen to everybody, but um, it just happened at a real bad time. Um, leading up to that, um, out of the three-day tournament, I had not lost a fish at the boat. Um, and then to lose two back-to-back, it really had me, had me down for a little bit, but then I quickly cleared my head and knew that hey, if I just get one or two more bites, it's still still possible to win this thing.
2: No doubt about it. And we, I mean, we were just all but calling it done, you know? I mean, that's, that's our job is to tell the story. And we're like, I mean, Gary's fixing to slam the door. And then you lost that first one. And I'm like, all right, that's no big deal. But then I saw the second one. I'm like, uh Oh, you know, that, that was a key fish. And then, how, how do you – I mean, you're a veteran, veteran tournament angler. You've been around, especially with smallmouth in the Great Lakes region, man. you I heard you say on live you fished every Great Lake now. Uh, Huron was a new addition to that this week. But how do you get over that, though, to to, to kind of just – because you end up pulling, pulling uh, the plug on that spot where you had done a lot of your damage. Like, you made a lot of adjustments before we got off live that day. But how do you overcome that? lost fish especially that big
3: one um well th- one of the big reasons why i pulled the plug is uh, you know i fished the great lakes like you said a lot over the years and and the wind had died down and the current had stopped so automatically i know the bite window is just just got slammed shut on me mm-hmm. um and then losing that fish just minutes before that um i knew that i had to change my game plan um so I went largemouth fishing, um, hoping to get a big bite. In practice, I was able to get a few big bites, um, largemouth fishing. So that's what I did. I just blocked out the fact that I had lost that fish. I still had four hours left to fish. And I knew that if I could just get one more big bite, I, I, I still had a good chance I was going to win that tournament. So that's what I did. I just, you know, I I, I couldn't let it bother me anymore. I threw it to the side, I got it out of my head. And I just refocused and went after it again. And it was cool to
2: see that. And also, I was very upset to see that that you switched to largemouth because you were my lone smallmouth guy (laughs) that we were covering that day. And I'd said, smallmouth will win this tournament, and they did. Uh, They definitely did. Without smallmouth, you don't win the event the way you played it. Uh, But the largemouth were so strong there, man. Like, I was so – and I knew coming in, right, you hear all the talk about Saginaw, but I'm like, ah, there's no way they're going to win. But had you not gone for largemouth the second day when we were covering you a little bit to kind of settle your nerves and – to help you on the third day, like ultimately, largemouth helped you win. Did you ever think that would be the case going into that? If you won
3: a Great Lakes tournament, that it would be a mix? Um, no, I did not. I Actually, I thought um, going into this tournament, it was going to be a small deal, um, start to finish. I mean, knowing the Great Lakes, I know the size of the smallmouth in all the Great Lakes and in all the research I've done going into that tournament, Lake Huron, Saginaw Bay. There's absolute giant smallmouth that lived there. Oh, yeah. But really, but really, it came down to the timing of our tournament. Um, had we been there two weeks earlier or two weeks later, I don't think it would have even been close. I think the smallmouth would have walked away with it. Um, you just saw huge bags.
2: Just, we we hit it right in that kind of typical post funk, it looked like. I know a lot of your fish were long and skinny. We were talking yes. about that on live. It looked like a lot of them. And you 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 were saying, and several of our guys were saying, there were actually a lot of fish still on bed uh, in practice, but it, it was going away by the minute, some
3: of those yes. smallmouth. that is correct. Yeah, I was catching 20-inch fish that were barely barely three pounds. And wow. Typically, that's a four, four-and-a-quarter pound fish.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it was uh, it was crazy to see. Uh, they weren't. They certainly weren't fat like i am and and uh and, and and ready to uh ready to go man but this is uh this is your first year with us of course it's only the second year of the MPFL, but it's your first year and you were saying that uh our buddy kyle carpenter we have a mutual friend i love me some kyle carpenter and 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 you were and i don't know if i don't know if i should say that publicly gary i'm not sure that no, that's no, something kyle, i should say
3: <laughs> kyle's actually a really good guy yeah, i've he, known him for i've known him for probably 15 years now um, we've actually fished some team tournaments together yeah. up, here, up here in Green Bay and um, Sturgeon Bay area. And I talk to Kyle almost daily. Yeah, um, we're, we're that close.
2: He, he's one of my uh, favorite folks that I've met getting to do this MPFL, uh, deal and being a part of the MPFL family. It's been a lot of fun, but you were saying actually on stage that. He, he suggested to you that, hey, man, you should check this deal out because you'd been fishing the Opens. You had success in the Opens. You, you had a great event up at the St. Lawrence last year. Uh, I mean, where else can you go weigh 72 pounds and still not win an event? <laughs> exactly.
3: exactly. <laughs> Unbelievable,
2: man. But, uh, but what other than Kyle, like what decisions uh, or what, you know, what factored into your decisions to jump in with the league this year?
3: Well, I, I followed the league all last year, um, all the tournaments, I watched them on the live and mm-hmm. I just follow followed along. And boy, I'll tell you what, I really enjoyed the way they're run. It's a real professional group of people. Um, and, and it's, it's more like a family atmosphere than it is actually <laughs> a competitive. act. really is. I, I mean, the guys are competitive. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, they're out there to do anything they can to help you. Um, and, and everybody gets along, and and that's what I want to be a part of. I, you know, in in the open, I mean, there's some of that, but it can be real cutthroat it in It's very open cutthroat, yes. And, and it you know, and obviously, I, my goal was always to make it to the Bassmaster Classic. Yeah. And 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 I came close a couple times, making the elites, and then through Bass Nation, I was just ounces away from making the classic um, in the national championship. And it was never able to get there. And I'm thinking, you know, something. I'm going to give this MPFL thing a try. Um, it, it, it really looks like something I would want to do. I want to be a part of it. And like I said on stage, I think it's one of the best decisions I've ever made, um, switching over to the MPFL. That's
2: that was awesome to hear. And I and, and and I'll echo you on that. Last year, and I talk about this a lot on the show, but that sense of community and the things you see out of our anglers helping each other is very very rare because you know I, I fish the opens i fish the flw tour i've been around a lot of pro bass fishing over the years man and it it is it is uh, even big local tournaments you don't have that feel it seems and and it it really dudley talked about that a lot last year and and watson has talked about it and bradley home and guys that come from other tournament trails that are a part of our deal and they go this is crazy. Like this is such a uh, Brad Knight who joined us this year. Patrick Walters that fish other things. They've said the same thing you said. So I always like to hear that because it certainly feels that way to me. And and they run a they run a great event. They're very smooth. They're great people. And uh, and I, I think though Gary the schedule did. Did having these two Great Lakes tournaments, it had to play into
3: your decision a little bit, right? <laughs> uh, yes, yes. I'm, it, I mean, it's no secret I'm a smallmouth guy. No doubt. I, I mean, I could catch green fish anywhere in the country because I've had enough experience through the opens that I was able to learn along the way. But when it comes to smallmouth fish, fishing, that's where my passion's at. Um, and, and when I saw the schedule, I said, okay, there's two on there that I, I think I could maybe possibly win and if i and if i could just make it through the southern swing stay competitive um, do good up on the great lakes yeah, who knows maybe i can even pull the angler of the year off it well I looked at it this morning. Here I'm, here I'm sitting
2: in second place. Well, that's why that's why I say that, man. I, I, was, I was setting that up because you came into this event. You, you, it was funny. I was I was smiling real big here when you're going, yeah, that southern swing, if I could just survive and I was going to cut you off and say, hey, well, Gary, you were seventh in AOI after the southern swing. Now you got a big trophy and a big check, and now you're in second place. Behind arguably one of our most consistent anglers over the last two years, Timmy Reams, you're only 11 points out headed into Sandusky, man. And I'll be honest, Timmy top 10 this one as well, like he's picking up momentum. Uh, but uh, this
3: thing's going to get really interesting at Sandusky, I believe. Yes, well, <laughs> one of the things that Saginaw Bay has that uh, Sandusky does not, and that's a huge population, a large amount. Yes, so Timmy was able to still focus on largemouth, and have a great finish. Um, he's going to have a little tougher time, I think, in, in, in Sandusky, yeah. um, staying competitive with largemouth because the, the smallmouth are so prevalent there. Um, it's going to take some big waves because the timing of the year. Um, so I'm going to be targeting smallmouth again. And he, I think he, if he wants to keep in that first-place position, He's going to have to target smallmouth, and we're going to see what kind of smallmouth fisherman he is. We're going to have to put the gloves
2: on, and that's what, man, I, that's what I want to want to see. It's the same on the Elite Series this year. I was talking to Polinick the other day on here, and it's like him and John Cox duking it out, and that's very much like Timmy is a, we've seen Timmy chatterbaiting, skipping docks. He is a shallow water guy a lot of the times, and man, now we got, got you in the mix, the smallmouth guy, the Great Lakes expert, and... How much experience do you have out of Sandusky proper? I know you've probably spent a ton of time on St. Clair. You've spent time on Erie in general, but out of that just Sandusky area, do you have a lot of experience?
3: Um, I've I fished one tournament out of Sandusky, but I have fished several out of the Detroit River mm-hmm. where where I did fish Erie all them times. Okay. So, so I, I have some experience okay. out there. I know where they're at. Uh, it's just a matter of um, it's been a few years. I got to get out there and. Uh, check some of my areas and relocate them. School's a big, small mouth. And if I can find them, I feel I can catch them.
2: That's awesome. So you you actually turned right out of the Detroit River instead of going left into St. Clair like so many Mm -hmm. folks do. That's interesting. Okay. Because I was going to ask you, uh, I think in this event you'll be able to run – wherever you want to MPFL is really good about that. I mean, we're, we will see guys go to St. Clair in that event without a doubt, make that crazy, crazy run, but that, so that, oh. that was going to be what I was going to ask. That's interesting. So you've got that eerie experience then.
3: I do. And, and I've and I've fished, um, St. Clair a few times also. So, you know, it may be a game time decision which way I go for this one. Um, but right now my primary focus will be on Lake Erie, just because if we get bad weather, um, I I want to be closer to Sandusky.
2: No doubt about it. And that can be, you you know how those lakes, and I know you've got more experience than, than most guys in our field, especially running that type water, being a a Sturgeon Bay guy, being a Green Bay guy, you guys get uh, pummeled. We, We do. We do. I spent, I spent a week up there before MPFL live with my boys and, uh, I think it blows a hundred every day. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it does. So <laughs> you you guys uh, definitely get to get to fight that all the time. You said your focus will be small mouth, but I want to switch gears to now you've got to win. Uh, but you're also in this angler of the year race very much in the thick of it. Will that be in the back of your mind at all? Because man, to win it in your first year would be amazing that that golden shield. Like, is that, would that prevent you from making a crazy run to St. Clair or playing it safe? Just kind of keeping that in mind that angler of the Uh year, is it going to be at the forefront of your Uh, decision-making?
3: I don't think, I don't believe it will. I'm going to do what I always do. Um, I'm going to obviously try to win it. I'm going to do what it takes to win it. And if the angler of the year thing plays out, well then so be it. But I am going to go for, I'm going to go for the win at Erie and, and hopefully things will just work out my way.
2: I love it, man. It, it's uh, so awesome. I, I got to ask you so, did you, uh, MPFL, we're still, you know, the new kids on the block, but ha- have you just received a ton of, uh, you know, texts and calls? I know you got to be busy. There were so many people. We were there in Wisconsin. I feel like we were having a pep rally for you at the fixed product <laughs> at the real shot. I'll be honest with you. It was a little, uh, I kept telling our director, Lance, I said, I said, hey, we we've got to calm this down in here. We, we've got to deliver the, uh, we're supposed to be unbiased and we were all with air horns and stuff, you know, at the back of the real <laughs> shot there when you catch one, it was, it was really fun being with those guys that, that certainly care about you and and they have partnered with you and, and seeing how excited they were that you were doing well. But have you just had a ton of support since the event?
3: Um, unbelievable amount of support. Um, I, I didn't realize I had so many friends, uh, my phone from the second I weighed in, even today I'm still getting text messages and and uh, Instagram messages and Facebook messages congratulating me and telling me how well deserved it was and they know how competitive I am and it's, they're glad to see me in this position.
2: It was you were very competitive, man. You we kept saying that on live. Like the look on your face, you were of determination when you were going out that morning. The morning interview we did with you on Finale Friday. I'm like, better watch him today, boys. And then Fat Cat actually said at one point, I forget the exact quote that you said, but he goes, thank God the rest of the field can't hear that. <laughs> because it was very much you You were gaining confidence with every fish you were catching. And then, uh, you know, like, like the decision-making to pull the plug, go largemouth fishing, it was all so cool to watch. Uh, and that's the beauty of live and getting to do that. I'm so grateful that I get that opportunity to watch all that play out. But then... Something that we didn't know on live, and I I wanted to ask you this. Were you hearing rumblings of this Trent Palmer comeback? Because we weren't. When we went off live at 2 p.m., of course, you guys had three more hours of fishing time. The last leaderboard update, and you can actually see it if you go back and watch this, because we don't know. I checked the standings religiously. But every hour and then at the end of the show, we throw the leaderboard up, right? Well, the last leaderboard graphic update they did had Trent Palmer over you. And Trent had not been, I think, on the last top of the hour update, he was like maybe seventh or eighth. And we're like, whoa, because talking to Trent after day one, he's like, man, I've got some big ones found, but I'm not going to be able to fish for them on Thursday. He said it's just going to be almost physically impossible. And it was. He went out there. We covered him. And he tried, and he never had a bite. He could see them. They wouldn't eat. Goes largemouth fish and catches 11 pounds, makes it back out to the smallmouth though on Friday and catches 21, whatever it was, big stringer. And I, I just got to know because... He weighed in, and I text, hey, congratulate, you know, good job, you know, and he's like, yeah, I probably blew it yesterday. And I said, dude, I think it's going to be a lot closer than you realize. I said, no, I haven't seen Gary since 2 p.m., but I'm like, and he had a lot of fishing time left. I think this is going to be close. Were you hearing that as you came in to weigh in, like, hey,
3: Trent's got him. Like, were you starting to uh, get a little nervous? I I, I was nervous because once I came in, I heard that he had been up on the hot seat for quite a while. Yes. I heard what he had for weight, and then and then I and, then I, cut, and I had a ballpark idea of what I had, mm-hmm. and I literally knew we, it's going to be ounces one <laughs> one way or the other. Yes. <laughs> you know because you know I, I don't weigh my fish. I just right I, balance beam. I, I, I balance beam mm-hmm. them, and you know and I and I've caught a lot of smallmouth in my life, and I have an idea what I have, and I and I knew I was over sixteen, but I also knew I was under seventeen. Yeah, so. I knew one way or another it's going to come down to ounces, and sure enough, it did. It was... (laughs) Four, four, ounces, four ounces, buddy. I mean, uh, it, it was such a
2: such a great uh, ending. But don't my, from a production side of it, for me, I was just bummed that we didn't have a camera with Trent to see. Like, man, that battle go down on camera would have been amazing to watch you versus him and it and it come down to the wire. But he 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 had fallen to sixteenth place. He just wasn't even on our radar. We didn't, you know. And then all of a sudden, it's like the last five minutes alive. We're like, what? What's happening? (laughs) It was like, what? Yeah, and you can actually see my face. Uh, You know, we we went back, I was watching it, and and I'm like, oh, my God, because I was so surprised that his name was up there. But uh, uh, awesome event, dude. I, I just I appreciate you taking time out to uh, come on lbl i wish you the best of luck with the rest of the season two more events to go and uh maybe we'll get to do another one of these about aoy or uh get another shield up there with some big small mouth at sandusky
3: well I, I sure hope so i really enjoyed it um was honored to come on and talk to you today and i appreciate you having me on hey
2: absolutely gary appreciate you man you have a good week
3: yep thank you bud thanks Bye.
2: gary atkins ladies and gentlemen Amongst uh, confusion and technical craziness, as always, low budget live. Uh, not real sure what happened there. You know, you, you do the same thing week after week after week, and it's like, why why do I have this gremlin this week? I used to talk to Mark Jeffries at Bass Talk Live about that. He's like, there's always gremlins. There's always gremlins, and there are. Uh, but I appreciate you all putting up with that. Thanks to Gary for coming on. Great, uh, great dude. And man, if you haven't gone back, go check out some of that live cover, especially that. Last day, the morning of the last day, he's catching them, man. And he had one rod on the deck, one rod tied, one rod, a spinning rod, Berkeley Flatworm, and he's just out there doing it, man. He was catching them. He did pull out a spinnerbait at one point. Never, He threw it three casts, kept it honest, I guess, a little bit. But main, mainly that stinking Flatworm doing work for him. But to win by four ounces, and I, and I got to say, if you didn't watch this event, keep up with it at all, standings don't tell the story. They don't tell the story, right? Uh, all the time, necessarily. And the first day, Gary was in second. Trent Palmer was in third. Sonar Pros, Trent Palmer, electronics guru, Trent Palmer. And he had a big bag of smallies. And I, I do, you know, we had Patrick Walters on live as well, Trent, Sam Whitmire, Gary, and then uh, Tim Wilson on, on day one. And I'm doing my homework. And I talked to Trent. And he was making almost a 50-mile run in really big water and had a great bag. And he says, Luke, I think I can win this tournament. So he tells me, and that's, you know, very uncharacteristic for, for Trent. And he says, man, I when I get bit, they're big ones. And he said, I should have had over 22 today. I should have leading. But the weather's going to sc- – kill me tomorrow. And it was going to howl. And he said, I think I can get there, but I don't think I'm going to be able to fish. So tomorrow's about survival and come back on day three. You hear guys say that kind of stuff a lot over the years, right? Trent backs up and punts. He tried to fish smallmouth day two, ends up catching 11 pounds of largemouth, then catches over 21 pounds on day three which is a great stringer at Saginaw, big stringer. There were a lot of 15, 16, 17 pound bags, but that over 20 pound bag just vaults you. And he ended up losing by four ounces on the hot seat in that final weigh in forever and ends up getting beat just by four ounces. But amazing event. It could have gone either way. It's like Gary said for either one of them, Gary lost a five pounder, and one that looked to be close to five, and broke off another one over three. So he, Gary, Certainly had them, you know, to blow it out. Uh, interesting event. Very cool event. Saginaw Bay, Bay City, Michigan. It was uh, it's the first pro level with any kind of coverage event that's been in that area. And I, I don't think it'll be the last. Those guys absolutely blasted the largemouth. It was crazy. It took over 14 pounds a day to get paid. Now, we've got, you know, full field fishes all three days. So that, that you know, they get they get pounded on. By day three, these fish... Really, uh, really know what's up, but they had a absolute great event up there. Kevin Martin finishing in third place. I want to give a shout out to Kevin; he killed it on live for us. Crushed him on a large, uh, largemouth bite, buzz baiting frog, and it was so much fun to watch it go down. But, um, love it, man. Love the league. Just so grateful, as I say all the time, to get to do that. But this week in particular, so many cool storylines. With largemouth guys, we, we would put up our quad box with four different guys fishing, and, and some of them looked like they were on Okeechobee, and some of them looked like they were in the ocean. It was it was a very unique event, and uh, I hope you got to tune in. If not, I think it's on YouTube. You can go watch those last two days of coverage there, and it, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. James Watson out on the water, me and Fat Cat there in studio in Wisconsin. But got to show my boys the studio. They were geeking out. So much fun. So grateful for uh my my job there with mpfl and and uh if you haven't watched them if you haven't checked mpfl out give them a chance man that's all i say you, you know you may say oh you work for them of i'm telling you right now the guys have it going on and it's a lot of fun the coverage i believe I, i'll put it up there it's 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 great coverage even though i'm a part of it it looks good and uh our anglers do a great job of breaking down what they're doing, and we got a lot of personalities over there, and we got a lot of uh, a lot of very very talented anglers, just like Gary Atkins that we had on today. I appreciate each and every one of you tuning in. This is this is this random Tuesday LBL. I will see y'all next week with another show. We'll be back on Monday next week. But uh, thank y'all. Be sure to hug your mama. I'm gonna take you out with some Biloxi Blues. I'll see y'all next time.
1: pound the tube below, I never could make it last. Spanish Moss Civil War ghosts. Well, I'm gonna leave them in the past. Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine. It don't matter east or west. North, south, wherever the wind blows, I'm leaving those burdens in rest. This highway Does not know my name and I don't care No, I don't care Heading my way for another place And I got three good tires and a spare Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas to get there